This is the one with Crispin. Nope. Marco? Who? Philip. Never heard of him. Angels. Not anymore. A rat crack. And Amy's worst nightmare. It's called Flesh and Stone. Here we go. We're still on our endless voyage. All through time and all through space. With Slavine and Angels now. Dalek, Cybers, Uden, wow! Tennant, Smith and Eccleston. And Capaldi, he's the man. Doctor Who is cool again. That was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be but who back when? Who back when? Hi, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Who About When? A Doctor Who podcast. Still or to be is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it will be, Drew, I assure you. Okay. I'm, because I'm on this one. Yay! Yay! Woo-hoo! Sorry, welcome I, back. <laughs> sorry I missed last week. I was, uh, I was just pulling a sickie, really. I was fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> The truth emerges. I had a really scratchy throat. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> to my left is the one and only Drew Backwin. And to my right, <laughs> slash, <laughs> slash forward. <laughs> I don't know. Hello, I'm Ponkin. Yeah, you are. <laughs> it's fine. People can't hear in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> and we're releasing this episode in mono. Imagine Northeast on a <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> yeah. We're just a panel in front of a massive auditorium full of thousands of fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's definitely what we are. <laughs> Why are we here in this massive auditorium in front of thousands of fans? What are we reviewing? We are reviewing an episode called Flesh and Stone. Oh. Ooh, chills. Sexy title. Sexy title. Part two of a double feature. Mm-hmm. You were not part of part one, the, the review of part one. I was not. Before we jump into B-Scout, do you want to just very super quickly talk us through your feelings on part one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can start you off. Yeah. I thought it was a 4.4. What? I thought it was a 4.6. What? <laughs> what skepticism, Marie? I am shocked, shocked, shocked. This is not rehearsed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I feel ambivalent about this episode in that I love that the angels are back because they're like the best monster and they're fantastic but i hate what happened to them like all of the rules that mm. they they were set up the groundwork on the first episode mm. were just mm. thrown out of the window they ignored any sort of internal consistency um and made it into a very different monster which i didn't think added to anything now this is 30 centuries in the future from <sighs> blink they've evolved well um, <laughs> i loved that's a good point actually <laughs> <laughs> i loved river because i always love river and i because i know what she will become but actually she's kind of annoying in the first episode so i kind of hated her at the same time interesting i found her annoying in the second episode really? more so than the first yeah. Yeah, she was james bond in the first episode yeah the intro is fantastic yeah mm. oh yeah, yeah. agreements okay Agre- hashtag agreement <laughs> yeah and also uh, angel bob i didn't really approve of like why did the why did they steal why are they killing people rather than sending them back in time that's not what angels do i don't know there were just there was a lot of flaws so I, yeah so i was very torn and therefore i just decided to go straight on the middle and give it 2.5 oh 2.5 wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. now's our turn for disbelief <laughs> holy smogaroonies <laughs> yeah well okay right, that then. sets up an interesting second part <laughs> yeah why don't we set up that interesting second part <laughs> with a b-scale oh let's do that Time for us to synopsize, clarify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bicycle chunk of who. 
Christ, I shrunk of who? Everything's turned upside down as the good guys now venture into the Treeborg Forest aboard the Byzantium. The baddies are in hot pursuit. One by one, the ecclesiastic soldiers are being unmade, and an angel is slowly crawling out of Amy's mind hole. And there's more power on the ship than the Doc understands. Something Amy might recognize, were she only able to open her eyes. Bisco over, you are welcome. Aren't you just? Yes, you are. <laughs> Who wants to start us off with a question? Well, I have a question. Let's hear it. Pretty good cliffhanger setup, mm-hmm. but we have a history of anti-climaxes following cliffhangers. I'm thinking exactly of the squareness gun in the last Waffle 2 part of Silence in the Library. What did we think of this one? Of his resolution? Oh, interesting. I think I liked it. Mm. Yeah. I think because it was so, it was unexpected. And that, um, like that visual of the doctor with the gun just pointing up, like that was such a strong image to end on. And I remember the, like the first time watching it thinking, like they're properly trapped this time. How can they get out of here? There's no explanation. And actually thinking that was quite a, a clever, like use of the ship and the gravity and the, like, I don't, I liked it. Mm. Mm, Leon, skepticism. Slightly skeptical. I had two contenders for introductory question, and one of the contenders concerned this intro, and that is, wouldn't the angels and everything else, like that, isn't glued to the floor, also suddenly be attached to the spaceship? Oh, what? Like at the very end, the angels just went a tumbling because yeah. they weren't attached to the floor. Exactly. Mm. Well, because they had to jump. They didn't just all float up. Like they had to jump on cue. So the gravity. I don't buy it. The gravity from the ship bullshit. is not strong enough to pull everything up to it, but... But in that case, what weight? Wouldn't you then have to, like, constantly crouch when you're aboard the ship or no, something? No, because you're jumping to join the ship's gravity, and then once you're in it, then it flips. Yeah, and then, then it Okay, but there, are lots of levels, but there are lots of levels to, to the, these catacombs, right? So anything that's on an, a higher level than the soldiers or the, they were, whatever... They were at the top. They were at the top? Yeah. No, they weren't. They said the ship had crashed into the top, and they should climb well, up so to the, the ship's top. At the top. So, so the there ship... must be some ledges nearer the top. There's no ledges. There's, there's just stuff. rock. There should be lots of Solid. just debris falling onto the spaceship. You know, the other thing is that the angels made out of stone will be much heavier. Yeah, true. So they will be more attracted to the planet's gravity, less able to escape its pull into that of the ship, maybe. But you could also have just some really light, floaty angels just floating towards the ship ever so slowly. What are the light, floaty angels made of? Well, because they because they were nearer the, you know, the clashing midpoint of the two gravitational fields, is what I mean. But no, it's just like, we're fine and they're not. But Dichotomy the, brilliant. But the angels do make mm. it onto the ship as well. They in do. The end. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was okay, except that I, I I did really like the fact that they wake up on the ground, and for the first five seconds, you think, "Oh, for goodness' sake, what have you done to make this happen? <laughs> this this is going to be some terrible explanation." It's not a terrible explanation, yeah. but at the same time, the Doctor shot the ship in the last two seconds of part one. All this ship <laughs> splooge suddenly just started cascading out. That should Hot. be raining down on them now. Now it's just pulled back towards the ship. You're right. Well, they're like, they're like the gravity globe, whatever's inside the gravity globe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah, why do, why do they get sort of knocked out in a way? And why don't the angels take advantage of the fact that they're knocked out when they fall upwards? I think it's maybe only Amy who gets knocked out. Oh, really? And the doctor, he knows exactly what's coming. Although he, he doesn't gets tell up again. anyone. Why doesn't he tell anyone? <laughs> 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 Element of surprise. It's uh, important. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because the angels would hear him whispering, because it's a very and echoey then, cavern. And then all the angels would jump. True. And then they'd be all on the they ship. They couldn't jump if people were looking at them. You can't look at all the angels at once. 
is impossible. Well, then they're dead half an hour ago. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just to run off the intro thing, I thought it was a nice intro. Mm. But there were just a few things that kind of annoyed me with it. Okay, so about the gravity, they're attached to the outside of the spaceship. Like, they're standing on the outer hull. Mm. And then they open a hatch and they crawl in, at which point all of a sudden they're perpendicular to where they were a moment gravity ago. Gravity orientates to the floor. Yeah. Doctor explains. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> Micro fields. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they 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 did address that in the episode. So. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not saw you coming. Somehow yeah. I'm not convinced. Like, they, why aren't they constantly just like fall? They, they should be just like gra- oh, no, Super Mario Galaxy, Sub- like hitting a box and then it goes. Whoop, now we're upside down. I don't know, they should be like underwater pinball, you know, they're just sort of floating around like, oh, shit, where's that? It should be like a Jamiroquai video. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a great episode. <laughs> that should be the first 15 minutes while they try to figure out where the floor is. Anyway. Mm. Okay, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, and Jamiroquai could be singing Artificial Gravity all Ooh. over the top. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> What happens next? Does Amy start counting fairly soon? She does start counting. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. How do you feel about that? It's a countdown. I like that the beginning of it was disguised. What, what number, okay, did you guys twig what was happening? Because he disguised it. The doctor says, you need to turn that four times. And Amy says, ten. Ten, yeah. And then later on, he says, five. And she says, nine. Nine. No, no I didn't. So, yeah. so Moffat does a quite a good job i think yeah. disguising i think it's very i can't remember because obviously this time a, i've seen it before so i knew it was a countdown and i still really loved it um i can't remember the first time i watched it how long it took to twig no, we should have got I, nick yeah but i imagine not straight away what number did you i twigged on nine just because nine. i'm that sensitive to countdown <laughs> <laughs> but did you twig ten, that the 10 was weird that she would say that, that like something was off Yes, I did think that, but I, obviously with just the one number, I couldn't you tell that it no. was a countdown. Yeah. I, I assumed it was something to do with the angel in the eye. Yeah. Where do you think the doctor realised? He, he really didn't seem to twig for quite some time. Because I, ho- I think he was on about seven before he mentioned anything. I, think I really was, hope that he did notice before. I feel like he did. I think cool. there was, like, at nine or something, he yeah. already realised, okay, yeah. so there's something wrong here. As with most TV, they don't deliberately write in line flubs. Yeah. And if there is a line flub, most times it'll get cut there's out and they use a different you know a different take so if yeah. there is a line flub in there you can assume that there's intention yeah. behind this the thing that i liked about it is that um like amy wasn't aware it was happening because in the first episode when she rubs her eye and all the sand drips out of it yeah and then look to the second rate of rivers going are you okay and she's like yeah yeah sure everything's normal like my eyes bleeding dust but it's fine um <laughs> Like, why wouldn't you tell somebody that that's happened? So, I feel like... This is the Romero thing. We, we talked about this the last time. Yeah, if they did that again, if she was aware of it and was just like, no, 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 it's fine, that would have really annoyed me. But at least she didn't she didn't seem to know it was happening. Um, yeah, I'm five. I'm five. Yeah. I'm fine. That, that was nice. That, cause she, yeah, that I was liked a good that one. moment. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There yeah. were lots, just, there were loads of good little lines yeah. in this one. Uh, not all of them came off, but there were mm. enough good ones. Which like what? Which like what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but can we get, can we come back to this point okay. after these soundbites though? Or quotes? We could do it now. Oh, I see. I've got to come up with quotes. <laughs> oh, is that one of what you're doing? <laughs> let's see. Let's see if I've actually written Did you write any down. Any down. Um, oh, I like, I like that the doctor has a thing. I've got a thing. It's a thing in progress. <laughs> 
Like the thing in progress line. I didn't like um, when he says he's got a thing in progress and River um, is basically saying like, what's your thing? I need to know what your plan is. And he's like, I don't have a plan. Like I'm working on a plan. And if, I feel like at this point she she knows him quite well. She should know. He never has a plan. He always kind of wings it. And it didn't feel kind of consistent with someone that knows the doctor and trusts the doctor really well. Also, she has met his older self. Yeah. Are we, how much, like, okay, so how, how much are we relying on the, oh, wait, hang on, time can be rewritten line in this episode or in this double feature anyway like oh time can be rewritten or history can be whatever he says yeah how much are we relying on that because she has a diary that foretells his entire future or Mm. their entire relationship anyway so uh, i mean she knows that he gets out of it alive right no she hasn't experienced this so the diary no but she's experienced him older him so she knows that he will progress to, guess, you know, Capaldi, for example. But that's the thing he's always said is that time can be rewritten. So he can die before and then those things that she's written in her diary will cease to be. They will never have happened. Oh, so he, oh, she still has to... This is slowly but surely bringing, bringing us around to my the biggest beef I have with this episode. Ooh. But I, <sighs> Okay, I'm just going to leap in with another, th- another oh, God, line God, 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 I liked, which was the doc saying, oh, come on, Bob, get a life. <laughs> the doc is quite snarky in this one. He is, he is. snarky, yeah. <laughs> Bob's monotone voice yeah. is super creepy. It is. He's very sort of, yeah. Oh. It came into its own in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Well done, Bob. Well done, Angels. Bravo. For tearing out someone's medulla blangasa and <laughs> using it as a pan flute. Mm. But I, I can't wait another second, man. What's your enormous beef? Wait, hang on. Before... Give me your giant beef. <laughs> I will give you my beef, Drew. But 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 first, I want to address something that we've kind of talked about already. That <sighs> Dag Nabbits. All right, so does Amy's condition, the angel in her mind hole, does it suggest that just conjuring the image of an angel in your mind is in itself going to create an angel clone. This is kind of what we talked about in part one, the the reproduction of angels. Why not just take a Polaroid of one, or like take a thousand Polaroids and you've got an army? So in this one, it, it almost seems as though as long as you can picture one in your mind, you have created an angel. I think it, I don't think it's just picturing one. I think it's Having like, seen one, having a memory of They're one. staring into the eye of an angel. So there's some, I sort of think there's some sort of link connecting the two because it was, don't don't look in its eyes. Yeah, they say that in And then she one. said, like, I can't, like, I couldn't look away. There was something drawing me to it. So I imagine there's a kind of a link forged there and then the, the image gets kind of implanted in your brain. But then at the end, he says, the angel in your memory never existed. The angel in your memory. So it's just her recollection of having looked in the eyes of an angel. Yeah. What if you have a nightmare and you dream of looking an angel in the eyes? There's a really vivid, very realistic nightmare. You can remember that nightmare. That's now in your minds. Is that also going to climb out of your eyeball? No. No? No. No, it's not. Are you guys just not going to agree with me? She's remembering it at the end, and and the rule that that can't happen is precisely why the doctor goes, okay, you need a... He doesn't go, you need a further mind wipe. Yeah. Because there's no transfer of angel, angelic essence, or whatever it is. We've all seen angels. That's not... I don't think seeing an angel is enough. You have to have that live connection. So it was a specific angel that was... If you have ever, in real life, seen an angel, looked it in the eyes... Yeah then the memory of having seen that angel is uh, an angel in itself. No. What well, the, the shit, memory man. of... 
No, the angel... That's what he says. He literally he says. This is a quote. This is a quote. All right, soundbite it. Soundbite. 35 minutes in, the doctor says... The angels all fell into the time field. The, the angel in your memory never existed. Yeah, because it went through the crack. So the angel... Which leads us to my... The specific angel that crawled into her brain when yeah. she was doing the mind meld with her eyes never existed and therefore that image oh, isn't I see. there anymore. Yeah, I the see. angel in her brain is physical. The angel in her memory is a memory. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that... Fine. All right. I concede. That leads us to my biggest beef, though. Okay. Oh, hot. And I, Suck it to me. <laughs> I have a feeling... I, I'm, well, I genuinely hope that you will agree with me on this one. Okay. All of the angels here, anyway, the angels on this planet, they've been erased from history, right? This yeah. isn't the question. Yeah. yeah. By the end of the episode, yes. Yeah. yeah. So doesn't that create a paradox that undoes the entire double feature? Because without the angels, the ship wouldn't have crashed. There never would have been a church expedition to that planet. River would still be in prison. Amy would never rob a sandcastle out of her eyeball. And we would not be sitting here reviewing this episode. Yeah, and River going back up to the ship saying, can I have my pardon, please? They'd be like, what? why? Nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did you escape from prison? Yeah. So it, it, doesn't that undo everything? Bloody hell. I mean, yeah, anyway, I mean Amy you know, gets you know infected by an angel in her eyeball. Leon, Leon, it resurrects the whole Atplan civilization that was eaten by those angels because they never existed. Yeah, Ooh. yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. This planet should be thriving with Atplan. Who going like, <laughs> who are you people on our planet that is thriving? Well, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> we just see them on a beach. We don't, like... We don't see a direct, like, them coming out of the ship. We just see them... I want to see some two-headed naturists, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I was thinking, all right, maybe they're latching on to the the fact... Something else that they addressed in this episode was, hang on, if you're a time traveler, then you interact with time and rewriting time and and erasing time very differently. And we've Mm. had that even in Classic Who. But that cannot be applied to all the soldiers who became undone. That can't be applied to all the people who just beamed river up to the spaceship yeah. that can't be applied to anyone like that can't be applied to the the warden at whatever that storm castle can't remember what storm it was. cage storm cage who's you know gonna get really upset when river calls him obtuse and she's still gonna have to crawl through a river of shit and come out clean on the other side <laughs> like, like none of these people are gonna be immune mm. to rewriting history the way that this episode does mm. Only these three people are going to go, shit, we had this crazy adventure and no one knows about it. Mm. So what you're saying is it should be a bit like a turn left situation. Yeah. Where that is is sort of bracketed off and Amy and Doc just head off to their next, they head off to Venice or something. Yeah. And yeah, none of this ever happened. Oh, okay. I think that, yeah. mm. Well, yeah, basically this episode should have ended back at the museum from part one where... No, it's not there anymore. Exactly. And it's like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's that's one of those homing boxes. Oh, cool. Can can I go to a planet now? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a great... Oh, that would have been so much better than the ending we got, actually. You think? What's wrong with the ending? Oh, God. (laughs) All right. right. One of you start. (laughs) Come on, then. (sighs) Do you want to start? Sign I, I, only have, I only have one note about the ending, and that is far too many fake giggles from River Song. Because oh. everything is just like... <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> probably another 30 years in prison for me, Doctor. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? <laughs> I wasn't talking about that ending. I was talking about the ending where Amy, like, <gasps> jumped the Doctor. Oh! I did not know this happened. Can right, you imagine how shocked I was? I know. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. 
Amy. Amy, what are you doing? You're getting married tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. morning. I know. Poor Rory. I know. I feel really bad for Rory. I feel really bad. And it's not even like, I don't love her anymore, I'm not getting married. It's just, I want a boner time lord before my wedding exactly. day. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. It's awful. One last fling. Yeah. Ugh, Amy. Yeah. Shame no. on Shame her. on you. Shame. Yes. Shame, Amy. Yes. Shame. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I've got a martini. Yeah, I hated that because... I, They've they've now made like every companion except like, Donna desire the doctor. Yeah, except Donna. <laughs> Don't they ever do it where she has to pretend to love him and she kisses him or something? They always end up kissing him for some reason. Don- Donna on a no. couple of occasions gives him an eyebrow and is like, actually, yeah, you are quite fit, but she's 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 noble, is what she is. <laughs> she's she's full of virtue. Donna. Love Donna. Well, say what you will about Donna. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I will. Well, that might be my favourite thing about Donna because I. <laughs> when they make all the companions just go googly-eyed over the doctor. It's Amy mm. has more reason than ah. most. No, she does not. She does. She's, She's fixated on him since she was seven. Yeah, that's, that is well. true. Uh, do you know what I really liked about that scene, though? It's his part of it. He's so naive and almost yeah. childish about it. He, he doesn't, doesn't understand, understand what's going on until the very end. I love that, yeah. He, he clearly does enjoy the kissing. Mm, yeah. I mean, to a point. He goes like, no, 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 this shouldn't happen. Yeah. But I did just feed your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Mm. But that innocence in yeah. the beginning yeah. is it's really... nice. It's so charming. Yeah. Do you know what else he didn't do in that scene? Get a boner? No, he he didn't wax he lyrical about Rose. It's like, oh, no, Amy, I'm yeah. still hung up on Rose. If yeah. Tennant had oh. done this series, like we talked about last week. Yeah. That's oh. such a good point. Yeah, it would That is a, a fantastic improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine Tennant in that scene. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, Tennant, oh, Tennant's don't. doctor. We've yeah. seen him do that too many times. We don't need to imagine it. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think that's the thing. I thought that they'd moved on from that when they like got rid of Tennant, but it was just... I'm glad it's, it kind of... He nipped it in the bud, um, and hopefully it won't come back again. But you never know. Amy's not happy. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't nip her bud. or well, well, That's a bit of a stretch. But <laughs> to go back to how awful Amy is, she's yeah. just met his future wife. Like, she... Oh, yeah. The, like she's, yeah, but he's not married yet. Oh, no, but she's like, oh, you're running away from something. I'm running away from something, too. Let's, like, let's both just forget our perspective. Let's run away into each other's pants. Yeah, that's... that's like, oh. she's assuming that he is running... He's not running away from River. She's in fucking jail. <laughs> like, yeah, well, is she referring to River, though? Or is she referring to some part of his backstory that technically she shouldn't know about? I thought she like, said... Oh, really? River. Oh, maybe she does. Maybe I'm misremembering. I took that to be like, well, you're running away from your past. Whatever this dark, you know, PTSD backstory is that yeah. you've never told me about. You told the previous companion that somehow we <laughs> conflated Mind our backstories. Mold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. I mean, Amy has just been through that near-death experience. What, what they should have done is when she had the angel, like, peering out of her eye, they should have had in her other eye, like, a super horny devil doctor that she's just <laughs> imagining. Because this is her last chance. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, w- <laughs> it would... It would have been a really nice ending if she'd taken him back, sewn the wedding dress, said, like, I'm getting married tomorrow. I've had a near-death experience. 
my thoughts are for my future husband like wouldn't that have been sweet and then they bring rory on board and then they travel together and it would be wonderful whereas now she's like messed up and whenever you see rory and amy being like cute together in it's the like, back well, of your head you're it's trying like, to cheat well, you tried to screw the doctor yeah. like, in fact like, you did cheat on him yeah. yeah and they play with it like, like way way later but they they oh i don't remember that they do little things where she'll like give him a nickname and rory's like oh are you, are you talking to me or to the doctor and they're like and she's always flirting with the doctor and rory doesn't know that she loves him he's always questioning like Ooh, where I don't he remember comes this. in the ranking Do yeah you know what? it's not, awful not having it. seen this episode the first time yeah i took that much more lightheartedly as you say and jovially when i saw all that playing out later on yeah. in series six and seven but now it's gonna be different exactly because you know that actually she does fancy the doctor she did want to sleep with him like yeah just yeah and i really want to root for them because i love rory but but you do have the doctor being well the, the perfect gentleman in this case right yeah. yes and yes yes the i mean we're we're about 2 weeks ahead of this now but the next time on doctor who i don't remember much about that episode but it certainly seems very similar to that rick and morty episode when <laughs> when rick gets his daughter and her shitty idiot husband to some planet to you know fuse their relationship this is very much like hey listen you guys are having some relationship troubles even though you just got married your new bride tried to grab my boner yeah. let's go to venice so that we can patch up your relationship yeah so he's trying it's to very sweet that. it's yeah. very nice that yeah it is weird that amy takes him back to her bedroom at that exact time yeah and it's like you see that wedding dress does it not turn you on a bit? <laughs> but it's going to be the closest thing to adultery. Yeah. If we do it now. Like, yeah. the, like the nearest oh. thing without being technically. Oh, oh no, it's yeah. awful. It's weird. Yeah. It's also like, oh, let's go back to the place where you first met me when I was when a I was child. Eight. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. You got... I, I'm going to assume tons of master bedrooms in the TARDIS <laughs> go to any one of yeah, those. Exactly, There's yeah. probably a sex dungeon in the TARDIS. <laughs> there are so many places. Yeah. It, Doctor, you've always been telling me about the dildo room. Show me the dildo room. <laughs> <laughs> like just, why don't you go there? Yeah. But yeah, it does. It flows back into the like his naivety because he sees her as this little girl still. He called her Amelia in this episode. Mm. Like, yeah, And he, he kisses her on the head. He kisses her on the head. Point, yeah. 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 He, yeah. And so taking him back to her childhood bedroom, which has still probably got all the dolls. It does. Oh, the creepy it dolls. It around and we saw the, cre- the dolls, didn't we? You've got little... Because she hasn't decorated, redecorated <laughs> in the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. That's a weird fantasy. Look at these handmade, like, peg men I made of you when I was eight, and now I'm going to shag you in front of them. That's weird. Well, I mean... <sighs> They've probably been... No, all right. I'm not going to go there. No, anyway, so they... they were there. <laughs> because it pan, when, when we saw the wedding dress, it panned from the wedding dress to all the dolls lined up. And we said, yeah, why are they there on dry, wedding night? Perfectly dry dolls lay okay. on. Yeah. Wow. You you went somewhere I was not going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was all on me. I was absolutely not <laughs> suggesting that they were ever used as masturbatory aids. <laughs> the, the, uh, the <laughs> Shamey. <laughs> Shamey. How dare you? <laughs> Lingering on the will they won't they? lingering on me. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly was she expecting when she goes? Hold that thought, and then goes away from him, <laughs> lays down on the bed, <laughs> and just spreads her legs. <laughs> 
god. She doesn't quite spread her legs. They are. Well, I mean, okay, so she's parallel. Fine, but she gets on the bed. She mm. she's like hold that thought. Gets on the bed. What what was the thing that she said? Oh, it, it's like it's always it's been all about you. It's all about you. It's, it's all about you. It's yeah. like, oh, hold that thought. I'm gonna go away from you now. It's all about me. <laughs> Indulge me, doctor. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, it's really important that I sort you out. It's like <laughs> that's what I've been trying to tell you <laughs> with my open legs and my rabid fanny. <laughs> Essentially. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wish I could do the accent. You're, you're so good. At it. <laughs> no, it's really terrible. I, I apologize once again oh. to all our Scottish fans. If any of you are still listening after last week, or in fact the week before. <laughs> I, I would also like to take this opportunity to apologise for that time that Nick and I had a Scottish off about wee little Jamie and neither one of us, certainly I, did a very good job of <laughs> the accent. Anyway, shall okay. we move on? Okay. <laughs> I have a Moffaty trope for you. Oh, let's hear it. Stuff on a spaceship, what you don't expect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like a forest on there and everything. Did he do well, dinosaurs on a spaceship? Is that a Moffat? Well, that's certainly coming. Yeah. And then we're going to build up to... Is that a Moffat episode? ...World Enough and Time and blah, the uh, Doctor Falls. Which where there are whole world? worlds on a spaceship at the very end of series two. Oh, right. Yes, 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 of course. Hundreds of decks and each one its own country. Yeah, you're right. So Moffat's just slowly escalating. I don't know if he wrote dinosaurs on a spaceship, but he was in the room. He, he okayed <laughs> that. He was like, that can be a part of my series, definitely. Okay, so a lot of this episode is an action scene, right? One long terrifying chase around a spaceship from bit to bit to flight deck to forest and back again. Mm. Yeah. What did people think of how that was managed? Because I thought it was done really well. I thought it was almost constantly tense. And the cuts were quick and the music wasn't too overbearing. There was an instance where Amy's just starting to think about the angel in her mind and you just hear the sort of mania music. But it cuts out almost as quickly as it comes in. It doesn't beat you over the head with it. I thought it was really well put together. I think I agree with you. Mm. I think overall, it was tense in every aspect of that chase, with a few exceptions, though. Ooh. Starting from the end. Uh, the end. <laughs> 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 the, the actual, like, oh, well, everyone's going to fall into this thing. We'll talk about that later. There's the walk around with your eyes closed Ugh. scene, yeah. which is awful. And I feel like there was a third one, but I'm not sure. Overall, though, I thought I think it was it was very good. I didn't like it when you saw the angels move. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, do you know what that that slab scraping on top of oh. slab sound? It always makes me think of Ursula from Love and Monsters. Like <laughs> when I imagine, you know, mm. what she gets being fellated by it. Because mm. yeah, yeah. that that irritated me in the first episode. There was a sound of stone moving and I, I was like oh they're not made of stone the point is they're stone when you see them nobody knows what they're made of when they're moving but is yes, they like quantum lock i imagine they wouldn't a quantum lock is not to be taken lightly right mean? well a quantum lock is you know when you're they they go from nothing to 100 miles an hour yeah and, and no sort of slow it's not scraping that slow in between scraping sound. exactly that i ha- i hate that that's awful um and yeah they they move instantaneously everything's done instinctively they're not watching you to see when your eyes are open they move so fast when yeah. you blink are so, they are they aware of what's going on around them while they are quantum locked i imagine not no i i imagine that the lock you know, is is outside of their conscious control, and mm. then they arrive back in time, and but they have they to can have then move quickly, super sharp reflexes, so that they can move in the blink of an eye. And so, for, to just say, "Oh, they're scared," they're not going to notice that you've got your eyes closed. Is 
That's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Yeah. Absolute I really BS. That. I will say though, yeah. I thought it was super. It was a really nice, creepy effect to see just once. I just needed to see it once, like see one angel turn its but head. But it was so slow. Yeah, yeah the, I agree. The, the whole scary thing about the angels is that each time you see them next, they're going to be in a Elsewhere. different configuration. Yeah, it's like a stroboscopic yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. But if yeah. you if you take that element away, which is a sad element to take away because that's the that's an integral part of what makes them scary. Mm. But if you do take that away, then maybe you're able to appreciate that effect more. In general, I didn't think that much about that scene, not as much as you guys clearly did. But to me, it was super creepy to see them move. I just didn't want to see it so much. It was creepy, but it didn't make me appreciate the other effect more. It it subtracts. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. And also, having it go on for so long lends credence to the fact that, oh, well, you can just pretend to see them. And that that I don't buy. No. I mean, what... Okay, so just to repeat the question, can they see what's going on when they are quantum locked? I think no. Exactly, right? So that means just the act of seeing them is what's quantum locking them. It's not that they... See, look around, and they think they see someone yeah. seeing them. Yeah. That's quantum locking them. Because so, otherwise, you'd always have angels like just looking around, like, "Is he still seeing me? Yeah. Is he still seeing me? No, exactly. So I think that's it. Is that they're designed to when they can move, they attack mm. because they know that you're not watching them. And as soon as you look at them, they then stop. They can't move anymore. So there's no conscious thought about should I or shouldn't I. Exactly. They're just designed to go for the nearest living thing that's not looking at them. So they, yeah, if they can see Amy and they can move, then they know by default that she can't see them. Yeah. And so, also, how sick are they? How dumb are they that they can't figure out that a bleepy bloopy machine in her hand yeah. that gets bleepier and bloopier whenever they're around yeah. is some sort of sensor? Yeah. No, mm. that was such a bullshit scene. And um, also the angels being scared. The angels have had no weaknesses to this point. In fact, Moffat has been making them more and more invulnerable yeah. as these two episodes have gone along. And now suddenly it's like, well, you know what, Amy? They're more scared of you than you are of them. They're basically stone spiders. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Did you address last episode? Sorry, I didn't watch it yet. Almost Um, assuredly, but carry on anyway. (laughs) The beauty of Blink was in the ending because they're all around the TARDIS and the TARDIS disappears and they're looking at each other and they are quantum locked forever. Yeah. And they are the lone assassins and this is all... It's all building up into this mythology that you can only ever see kind of one angel at a time because that's how they hunt. Yeah. And then suddenly there are a thousand of them in caves. And they clearly, plan on taking over the entire universe. But clearly looking at each other, clearly... There would be like just a, an army like, of angels closing their eyes and stumbling around the universe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, like how, how do you get around that? Yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah. it's like, oh, well, we're going to create a million of these angels through the Polaroid effect, discussed in part one. Listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. And And Marie. (laughs) And Marie. And then we're going to send out one to each, you know, whatever, civilization. That's it. We're going to send one angel to Earth and one angel to wherever. No? No. Sorry. Trying to be devil's advocate doesn't work. No, not really. I mean, most species aren't going to look like angels for a start. I mean, the Aplans had two heads. You think they'd have figured that one out? Like, yeah, but you don't he's need been semi-decapitated. To... <laughs> What's wrong with him? Yeah, but you don't need all the the civilizations to be victimized to look like angels. You just need them to have eyeballs so that you can have that scary effect, mm. right? Yeah. 
Right. Mm. Well, I mean, I they know. want to take over the universe. They well, don't want to take over the universe comprising solely bipeds with one head. But yeah. my, I think my my point is not them taking over the universe. It's how are they traveling within this cave? Oh yeah. Like, I, why aren't they just all quantum locked? Because the constantly. the angel that's right at the back, he can move. But as soon as he gets in front of someone, <laughs> yeah. Well, or- that's how it works. It's like the back row just advances. <laughs> just yeah, and, and they're the ones who fiddle with the lights. Yeah. Apparently. Mm. Because the others are all quantum locked. Yeah. Because that's still a thing. <laughs> yeah, overall, this iteration of the angels, not, it's not as, as strong. Scary. No, you're no, right. Not yeah. as scary as, as the first one. Yeah. But that's why, in, in our review of part one, I was like, I do appreciate the attempt to add a little bit more to the lore of the angels, but I think way too much is being added, yeah. and I don't think... Almost any of it is going to stick. Yeah, be and confident in what you have already. You have yeah. such a strong base. Because yeah. that's it. But the the base that they built was amazing, and I think actually adding in the bit about the book and the image of the angel becomes an angel. That's a nice thing that didn't come up in the first episode, so you can add it in without detracting. I think that's a nice addition, but I think the rest of it is just too much. All the stuff with the eyes and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I did, I like that when he was flicking through the book, like, what have I missed, what have I missed? And it was, there's no pictures here. Yeah, because a series from now, anyone who looks at the Statue of Liberty, an angel. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Balls. Balls. Utter, utter balls. Another thing that seemed underwritten to me okay. was um, the doc, he gets pulled back, and that's previewed last week, and they're previewing way too much. We had two minutes of preview at the end of this episode. Of, they basically gave the entire plot of Venice away. Like, I feel like I've seen the episode. Yeah, because they ran short. Um, I, don't, I don't really like remember that much minutes. of that preview, to be honest. I was no. just thinking, oh, Venice. But there was a ton of it. Yeah. It was way too much. But last week, they had the doctor being grabbed back, and you mm. saw that here, and you thought, well, he's a goner. But the angels, the angels are all looking at the crack. Yeah. And, and then he just just sort of moves quickly and he's not looking back at them as he runs away mm. but it's like ah that's how he got away yeah they, they're just after him in a flash they've got him again he's dead mm. yeah but that was that was the first um movement of angel that was the one i was referring to that i really didn't like because you saw the hat you saw him get grabbed oh you're right yeah oh. that's right oh okay yeah which yeah. is not no i agree with you that's yeah. not good at all no but i my, my sole note for that entire scene is i don't understand why the angels don't kill the doctor yeah like, I, I could see the angel moving in that instance because he is facing away from them and they are moving quickly and it's grabbed and it's a very quick cut i didn't even see it yeah so why do, but why does it end there yeah. Why isn't Why it just like, it... click, done, he now has no head? Because, that's well, true, no. that's true. What they should do is they should throw him into the crack. They don't want to kill him, they want him to close the crack. Yeah, 20 minutes later, mm. they know all about the crack yeah. and sacrificing himself to the crack. Yeah. Another... The crack is mighty. <laughs> How did... <laughs> all hail the crack. Another Muffet trope, I've just remembered. <gasps> um, Surely not. The doctor doesn't know thing. The doctor is stupid. Like, the angels are going, oh, there's more there than you know. Doctor in the TARDIS, um, which is the same thing as the, um, what's it called? The, from the first episode. Oh, yes. Doctor doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. It really oh. reminded me of that. Didn't they even say the Doctor in the TARDIS doesn't know? Yeah. I'm sure it's the same line. Yeah. Oh, that really bothered me. Oh, Everyone, interesting. Everyone's a bit smug that they know something the Doctor doesn't. But that's, that's the thing. That's that didn't the, bother me. That's but what, yeah, I see what you're is all about. He's got this spectrum of utter unreason to perfect reason. And wherever anyone is on, on that spectrum at any given moment is the most important thing about them. Mm. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> Quantify that man's rationality. <laughs> there, there is certainly a lot of that. I agree. 
This didn't. This doesn't bother me though. We've discussed before that Moffat really likes elevating people's intellect. It's not just oh, let's quantify. This one's a seven. This one's a two point one. It's like this person is on a scale from naught to ten. He's a three hundred and fifty. And let's emphasize that that person as the protagonist. He's incredibly clever. He's done the same thing with the doctor, and then I guess emphasizes how scary the big bad is by saying it's something that not even the three hundred and fifty understands can wrap his mind around. Mm. And I suppose the angels. All added up together as an army could figure it out amongst themselves. I guess they have a they have a way of communicating. If then, well, if you have a mind. if you have an infinite amount of angels with an infinite amount of typewriters, one of them is going <laughs> to. <run. laughs> yeah. It feels like something that the rest of the universe, apart from humanity and the Doctor, seems to be like in on. If you're a bad guy, then you know about the crack. Oh, that's true. Like, actually, what? Like there's some weird conspiracy between yeah. interdimensional fish snake and the angels. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And the do- if anyone would know, surely the person who travels in time and space and is everywhere and, like, he should know first. And, yeah, I don't know. It's weird that ev- every other species we've seen so far is, like, aware of it and knows what it means. No one it. else has to dodge the sheer weight of women throwing themselves <laughs> at him. He's being distracted True. On, on an epic scale. <laughs> he is. So he, he does receive a spoiler himself. Uh, the Pandorica. It's another thing that yeah. he doesn't know about. Yeah. He thinks it's just a, a legend. Yeah. I, I didn't like that scene, by the way. I don't like it when he leans in and whispers in her ear, like, oh, that's just, uh, yeah, that's just a fairy tale. Just say We're it to her face. Fairy tales. No, just what? say it to her mean? face. He's Why? flirting with her. She's his future wife. Like, he doesn't know that. He does. He thinks she's going to kill him at this point. Oh, no. no. Well, he told my lord to know that. He knows both. Like, I think he knows... What, as if she's going to shag him to death? That's what he's hoping. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think in the first episode... Well, no, in the first episode that he meets River to gain his trust, she has to tell him something. I'm going to fuck you to death. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With a fake eagle after Wills. Okay, we were talking about the Doctor and his, you know, towering intellect. Did any of you see the whole, how do we fix Amy while she's counting down things? She just has to close her eyes. It's that simple. Because oh. I thought that was, I thought that was clever, only because I didn't As long as she doesn't though. open her eyes for one second or possibly two minutes. Well, she's well fine. there is that. She I think the angel sh- in her eyes was scared of the crack of the light, like all the other angels were running away, but ah. they didn't explain that. But the other, no, the other thing... Well, like, that's, a she, good, that's a good explanation. She was only on three on her countdown. She had at least two more to go. So him saying, but just for one second, was bullshit. That was just to f- scare her into not into keeping doing it. Yeah, because yeah, okay. there was a, a big gap. There was at least like you know a minute or two bef- between each number in the countdown. All right, yeah, so, both very valid points. Yeah. Oh wait, 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 hang on. Sorry, can I just super duper quickly rewind and say the Pandorica reference? Mm. Yeah. Also, fish interdimensional snake monster thingy made a reference to the Pandorica. Ah. Oh. There's that parallel as well. Yeah. And he never went, oh, that's just a fairy tale. Like, all of those things are real, except that one thing. Yeah. It's just a fairy tale. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, fast forward again, sorry. <laughs> mm. I, I, liked, I liked that it's quite neat to have foreboding in human form as River Song. Because, mm. you know, she can just pop up. It's, it's a very neat device to have her being from the Doctor's future. She can just be like, yeah, this is what we do. This is, this is concise. Yeah. This is where you're going. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a neat device. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I got. <laughs> oh, the other thing, there are a lot of clerics that meet their death in the crack. At the, be- 
beginning, I don't remember, and also towards the end of last episode, I don't remember the place being awash with military monks. You know, I, at one point I thought that... Well, how the many of them are there in... Oh, sorry, go for it. I mean, there must be the right number, but it, it just seems like there were too many. Like, he's gone and he's gone and he's Not gone. Not really that many. There's In that scene, when they're first inside the spaceship and the doctor goes like i'm gonna have to turn off the lights for like a split seconds and all the we get one shot of all of the available clerics slash soldiers lining up and i have a feeling there are four of them plus the bishop no there must be it was i don't know it was i was picking up from last week where i thought i had a continuity error on the thing but then the whole of time started getting rewritten and i was like well, I, I don't know what to think at this point <laughs> it's it's just another way in which moffat stayed one step ahead mm. yeah uh, I, I bet you that's very well calculated yeah probably so what did we think about the demise of mr bishop i was literally about to ask the same thing what a baller move from the bishop he is he gets a fantastic finale, I think. Mm. He's in a chokehold and he doesn't tag the doctor in. What is wrong with that? <laughs> that's, that's a really nice line. He says, I wish I wish I knew you better. I think you knew me at my best. Yeah, I that's that wonderful. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Nice way to go out. Yeah, very well written. Yeah. And Smith is probably tearing up. Yeah. He's acting hard, but not too much. Yeah. It's good. He knows he knows there's no point in just weeping. It's, it's a good scene. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. And then, just like, yeah, right, off I go. <laughs> Boom. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a fairly touching scene. Yeah. Bishop in general is quite a good character, I think. Oh, I thought I was going to say super annoying. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you find him annoying? Yeah. Oh, really? Why? I don't know. Is do you watch because... Game of Thrones? No. He is in Game of Thrones. I love his character in Game of Thrones. Mm. Game of Thrones aside, is it because he's remarkably inconsistent? Like, River, we absolutely cannot tell him anything about who or what you are and what you've done. And then River's like, we have a thing about his man in uniform. And he's wait, like, wait, stop talking, River. I need to tell him all those things I just said I couldn't. Yeah, absolutely I mean, yeah, everything. I think that is the thing. It's, it makes such a big deal. It's like, I'll tell him who you are. And yeah. Like, oh whatever he knows who i am like and then yeah. at the end he's like doctor i've already told you too much you haven't told him enough he knows nothing yeah. but but also he's saying like if if he knew this then he'd go away and and his opinion would completely change and he'd just abandon the whole thing that is bullshit okay it may be the bishop's perception of the doc the bishop thinks that the doctor isn't ready to run with river song a mad ex-con across the galaxy and he actually he is mm. but it comes across as bullshit rather yeah. than a misperception yeah it does I this episode slightly over eggs most of its big rhetorical flushes, flourishes. Yeah. Yeah. Could it also maybe have been meant to be interpreted as, well, he can find out everything except whom she murders at some point in the future. Or, sorry, in, in his future, in her past, whatever. But he he's okay to find out that she is a murderer? I didn't, I didn't take it as, like, he couldn't tell him because it was spoilers for, like, the Doctor's future i thought it yeah. was more like he won't cooperate with you if he knows that, that you're you a criminal. killed him yeah but but if he knows oh, that you need... killed someone yeah and that you were in prison and everything then that's fine like i, I as long as we can leave it at that level yeah. we're okay i guess he was he was just saying don't trust her because he, i guess he could see them kind of forging this relationship and he's like be careful because i know what's in your future sort of thing um 
I don't know. Isn't it kind of... But, uh, yeah. but it is also... It's so dumb on the part of the yeah, of Bishop. Yeah, it is. Because even if it is, all right, well, as long as he doesn't know the last 5%, I'll, I'll give him 95%, yeah. but as long as he doesn't figure out the last 5%, yeah. we're fine. How dumb do you think the exactly. doctor is? You yeah. made it fairly plain. Yeah. <laughs> we all got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's super smart. <laughs> he's probably going to work it out. Yeah. And also, mm. there's, a, as we said about the Venice preview being a couple of minutes, there is oh. a couple of minutes leeway in this episode. You can write around that. If Bishop doesn't half give the game away, then when the doctor and River Song are talking on the beach, you give them a bit more time, which is already available to them. Yeah. And they work their way around to it rather than it being ham fisted and inconsistent. Mm. Yeah. <gasps> Let's talk about Amy. Ooh. Sorry, because I just remembered um, something. But actually, I'm going to say something else first, because Amy annoyed me a lot in this episode. Okay. I think this is the point where, watching the back, I start to get really irritated with the, oh, Doctor, what do we do now, Doctor? Doctor, help me, Doctor. And I know she's blind for a lot of it, and she's supposed to be a bit helpless, but even before that, she just seems superfluous. It's like Doc and River have got it, and they've got a plan, and they know what's happening, and River is helping and she's like challenging him and she's saying i'm gonna fix this and he's like no you can't and then she does it anyway and like she really holds her own and amy just kind of floats around being like well what now how can i help oh you can't help you're just making things worse um and it yeah you're gonna slow us down it just really bothers me that like as a companion she doesn't add anything she's just but but will that always be the case or will that will she not become slightly more independent because in a in not to is it maybe from the next episode on rory also becomes a companion yeah and at that point of the two she's the dominant one in this case of the two river is the dominant one yeah right so when she be, when amy becomes the dominant one is she then gonna have more agency is she gonna be a little bit more gung-ho I remember the first time watching it really loving Amy and thinking she was fab and then re-watching them more like quickly and kind of getting very irritated with her quite like I didn't have a lot of patience for the what now? <sighs> That's the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. It's a well-known economic fact. I mean no. this is Amy's only <laughs> only Amy's fourth adventure. I know. Is a, is a thing and mm. yeah she doesn't but know what she's doing yet. The exactly. other the other thing uh, that I wanted to pick up on was the little the little moment where she's blind and the doc leaves her and then he comes back and holds her hand and they have that little interaction did anyone remember oh yeah 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 do yeah you, you think he's gone yeah he, he is this the time to go you're yeah. gonna have to start to trust me at some yeah. point yeah yada yada because i remember watching that the first time around and being a bit confused but also really liking it and thinking this is a really sweet moment this is when he like they're starting to really bond as companion mm. um and doctor but maybe it's a bit it felt really out of place and then later do you remember later no oh maybe i won't say anything maybe I it's don't too know. spoilery I don't later know, as in future episodes later. like in future episodes things become more apparent let's let's pick up this thread there let's put a yeah but watching it back it's a really nice moment because it can be seen from either perspective and it works in both ways and i think it's lovely Really well done. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to say about River. Okay, I'll let's hear it. The doc is pretty harsh towards River in this episode. He shouts at her a couple of times. Oh. He bites mm, her head off. Yeah. Yep. And okay, she goes ahead and she fixes the teleporter, but she doesn't have a River snappy comeback line to put him in his place in this episode. And mm. I thought that was. I, I mean, well, that's isn't that written in to parallel what Bishop has said 
what Bishop has basically given up, like this truth of, well, at some point, maybe she betrays the Doctor. Mm. So she can't really snap at him because she's already been undone. Like, not her, she hasn't been undone, but her moral high ground has been undone. Yeah. Well, maybe, but, I mean, this is River. <laughs> I mean, it, does she ever miss a beat? Well, here, clearly she does, but... I thought his, that, that scene, not just that, I mean, there are several outbursts they're wildly uncharacteristic yeah. and not very well executed. Well, mm. I'd, I sort of wonder whether that was part of it. It was because I don't know if he does he snap at her like that in future episodes. He's so he's really angry with her, and it's not about what she's doing; it's about what he's just found out. Yeah. Um, and so maybe she doesn't have a comeback because she doesn't understand where it's come from. She's kind of thrown by it because she doesn't know that he now knows what the bishop told him. And so she's not prepared. Is well, that why he's angry, like, though, do you think? I think so. Because you don't think he's angry because he's about to lose his companion? Well, partly that as well. But I think it's directed at River because he's just found out that she betrays him. And okay. so he's taking his... He's probably his anger and frustration is about Amy, but he's directing it at River because she's the scapegoat here because she can't do anything right because she, he knows down the line whatever she does now to save him, she's going to ultimately... She's going to turn around. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, yeah. it's, if it's that... Interesting. If it's that neat and tidy, I think he's just frustrated and... With the situation. Yeah. yeah. And he just takes it out on her yeah. for a minute. But I just, I've never seen him, I don't think I've seen him do that. He doesn't take it out on her that harshly ever. Well, he he, he was grumpy, you know, he's missed a grumpy face last week. And on, <laughs> obviously, the, what's it called, the second one? Flash and Stone? What? No, 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 the second one in this series. The, uh, the one where there was Space Whale. Uh, Starship UK. In the Beast Below, he flies off the handle at Amy similarly. Mm. So at this point, maybe they still sort of had a conception of, okay, he's really young, but he needs to come across as partly a grumpy old man to belie his years and give us a sense of the ancient Time Lord within. Yeah. But uh, he doesn't keep this up. There's an underlying yeah. anger to the character yeah but here it's, it's not very well directed and i think it just sort of peters out as he as he finds his feet in the role and mm. so here it's it's jarring and weird yeah, yeah. example soundbag it's never gonna work what else have you got river tell me a big complicated space-time event should shut it up for a while like what for instance like me for instance I've got a couple of sound bites as well. Okay. Well, maybe not sound bites, but certainly lines anyway. Ah, oh, fuck it, sound bites. All right, number one. Who's the lucky fella? You met him. Ah, oh, the good-looking one. Or the other one. Oh. Yeah, and here she leaps to Rory's defence a little bit. Yeah. Right, she's like, Doctor, don't be so harsh as to say he's not good-looking, but let's still please shag. But is it yeah. as, as to say I would marry a non-good-looking person? Well, you know, if he hangs around long enough in, with that, that hang-dong expression of his. Oh, Rory. I thought that was a fun line, personally. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> it's a mean line. It is a mean, yes, I agree. It is a mean line, but yeah. it is a, it's a fun line. All right, yeah. and the second one that I've made a note of is 40 minutes and five seconds in, the doctor says, Amy, listen to me, I am 907 years old. Do you understand what that means? Does. How many times have we debated the doctor's age and, and yada yada? No, 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 he's, he's clearly said that he's several thousand years old, blah, 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 blah. That's Capaldi, yes. Okay, fine. 907, it is now cemented. It's set in stone. Yeah. Great. Done. Okay. I thought you were saying earlier that Amy's eyes shut scene. Okay, a lot of it is bullshit. But I think that actually Karen Gillan, as an actress, in that 
circumstance in that scene did fairly well because she, oh, she everyone has, does a good job in this episode with the with a, just a couple of minor exceptions but the scene itself is dumb as shit yeah but what i'm saying is is she has her eyes shut the beeping is clearly added in post yeah and so she's she's sort of stumbling around a dark set with an assistant director shouting beep 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 at her and she manages to look scared and make a good fist of it in those you know unpropitious circumstances so well done karen gillen i thought that um she didn't react enough to things it was very i have got my 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 eyes are closed now and i'm just like there was no real expressions on her face and so for example when uh, River gets the transporter working and she goes from about to be killed by an angel and now R- River's holding me, she doesn't open her eyes, but she also doesn't react. Like, wouldn't you be terrified and you think that you're dying and an angel has grabbed you? You don't know you've been transported. And River yeah. then goes, oh, you're here, the doctor's here, everything's fine. But at no point did Amy... In a split like, second later, she should orgasm with relief. It w- uh, th- it's not an angel, it's River, and she's fine. Exactly, and, and she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't have any sort of response. She's just like, okay, my <laughs> eyes are still closed. You told me to keep them closed, and they are. Um, and then even when then she says, hold on, hold on for dear life, and never let go. And oh, River... hates that scene. Yeah. River and the doc <laughs> are, like, screwed up their faces, and they're holding on for dear life, and you can see that it's hard, and gravity is trying to take them, and, and Amy's just sat there gently, just, like, holding on by her fingertips like she's a ballerina or something, with, again, no expression on her face. Hmm. Can I ask a yeah. different question about that scene? Okay. Why the, like, 20-second gust of wind... <laughs> It's not like they've opened up an airlock. Yeah. There's no gravity. Things are going to fall down. All right, cool. Done. Yeah, done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't... I didn't. Well, I mean, in general, I didn't like that scene. Yeah. It's always like, uh, get a grip, River. No, no. Seriously, get a grip. I know. I really mean it. Get a grip. Oh. No, just tell her... Just tell her what's happening. Gravity's... Uh, gravity? I'm going to flip the switch. But then the angels figure it out, and the angels get a grip and, you know, cement themselves to the ground or something. But it wasn't that subtle. Like, it, I feel like the angels could have worked it out. And then it does make a gag about gravity as well. Oh, the gravity of the situation. I yeah. Thought, I thought you'd quite enjoy that, Drew. I did I enjoy like that. Situation, <laughs> that scene as well. Oh, that line as well. Yeah. That was a nice Bondian thing. But you know what this scene was not? This scene was not the scene on the bridge in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know, when it's just like, oh, well, oh crap, he's going to cut the lines and everyone's going to tumble to their deaths. Mm. They could have done something similar with this, whereby the the angels are unable to grab a hold of anything because he is looking at them and he's just about to flip a switch. And, but that, okay, maybe that presupposes that they can see what's going on whilst being quantum locked. But if that were the case, then from their point of view, this is like, holy shit, we are all about to be erased Mm. and there's nothing we can do about it. And there could have been tension added to that scene. But instead, you just have this nonsensical repetition of puns. Mm. You don't need that. One pun is enough. Hang on, wait a minute. Isn't the doctor looking directly at Bob as Bob is talking to him? Yes. Oh, how does that work? How does that work? I didn't really register that, but you're right. Yeah, no, it does. So I guess that means that they are conscious when they're quantum locked. Yeah, and what, were they able to... Because Bob is a really good ventriloquist, he can talk because he doesn't have to move his lips. Mm. No. Yeah, Bob is throwing his voice to the back row where there's a little <laughs> homunculus angel that's hidden by the tall ones. And the angels have completely fallen apart by They this have, point. yeah. Ugh, that is very disappointing. Do you think that the... Um, 
they're grabbing on and the wind and they're like being sucked into the crack rather than just for letting gravity fall do you think it's sort of trying to mimic the um like Rose's exit with the we're going to be sucked into a parallel universe and we have to hold on for dear life. Oh, oh. grab a giant lever. Grab that's a giant very, lever. That's yeah. very similar, isn't it? You're very right. similar, yeah. Yeah, probably. Possibly. Yeah, and also this is some force from beyond the edge of the universe. The, the crack in time and space, there is going to... You've got to build it up in some way rather than, yep, they're falling and we just sort of gently flap a bit i guess we but, didn't, but oh, sorry, go we didn't see what happened to um pedro or whoever when they walked over to get a closer look to the crack oh they just disappear yeah, it's they, just the gravity was so they working. could have it could have been sucked into the crack but I that's the, oh, i was no. just about to say i don't think that's the case no, I, I, don't. I i mean okay that would kind of explain the gust of wind but why wasn't there always suckage from yeah. the, the gravity was working and, but and what then it's also the gravity is the gravity that keeps their boots on the ground is stronger than the pull of some interdimensional crack it's smart gravity, dude. I think that's BS. I think the gust of wind and, is just a misinterpretation of what gravity is. Mm. Like, oh, well, we need to visualize it on screen. We can't just have them flip around and have the scene end in five seconds. We need to have 20 seconds of wind and everything and noise and mm. things because gravity has a sound. You know, that's just misinterpretation for whatever aesthetic purposes. But the crack itself is just a crack. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't suck stuff in. The scene where well, the no, doctor I th- is, I think the gra- the crack is essentially like a white hole, isn't it? Gravity also causes the tides and the winds on our planet. So I'm not. I'm, I, there yeah, a there's a scene there. where the doctor even. I mean, we even had it in the first episode of this season, but in this one again, we have the doctor on a step ladder super duper close to that crack and getting readings off his sonic right i was gonna say why wouldn't amy or amelia have been like dragged into the crack as a little girl exactly we have all the angels lined up in front of the crack Mm. why aren't they immediately sucked into it it's it doesn't do that it's if you go into it that that you disappear and the crack also moves extremely opportunistically and conveniently around the ship hmm now that I think about it, because at yeah. one point it's behind the Doctor, and then it's just where you need the angels to fall. And yeah, that is Pedro in the forest. To... Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I like thought this episode was of... really good when I was watching it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know. Agreed. My, my rating has dropped over the past hour. <laughs> I told you you needed me last week. <laughs> <laughs> I still really liked last week's episode. I mean, ah. Oh. Do you think that, that last week's was better than this week's? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I yeah. don't. Oh, really? No. Um, another thing I really liked about this week's, I've just remembered, okay. is... Okay, so the, it's the scene that you hate, and I hate also, when she's Amy's blind and walking through the angels. But visually, that was beautiful. It was like mm. a painting. like A tableau. A terrifying it, tableau. Wasn't it? <laughs> I thought it was gorgeous. Um, and the scene on the beach at the end as well, and they're with the TARDIS and they're looking out at the sea, and it was absolutely stunning. I thought, like, there were some really beautiful, like, visual moments. I thought seeing Bishop mm. in a headlock with the angel there was also just, like, what do they do now? Yeah. It's like, it's like it was incredibly still, and it just gave you time to think yourself into that situation and think, fucking hell, yeah. this is well composited. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. There are lots of nice shots in this. Yeah. So many nice shots. Mm. Mm. Airlock scene, robot trees. What are mm. they called again? Tree, tree bogs. bogs. Tree bogs, yeah. 
as in not the tree bogs themselves, but like, like the all forest. the forest scenes, yeah. and also when the door goes up and. You on one side of the door, everything's just grey and metal and sort of brushed chrome. And then on the other side, lush forest. Yeah, that's pretty Very, cool. very, like, yeah, beautiful shot. Mm. Anyway, shall we jump into ratings? Mm. Let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la, 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 la. Ratings. I think I definitely enjoyed this episode better than last week's. I know oh. you both disagree. Um, <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> But um, I think last week I was, it just angered me so much that they'd thrown all the rules of the angels out of the window that I I couldn't really get much enjoyment from it. I would just spend a long time being angry about it. Whereas this week, I guess I'd accepted it by then and moved on. I really liked the countdown with Amy. There were a lot of nice moments. There were a lot of good lines. I liked seeing the doctor visually working out like he did the little circle with his finger and then backward circle um, when he was kind of working out time can be rewritten I don't know it was visually very nice I oh I know. didn't even catch that I'm very I'm waffling a lot in this little review I don't no know. no it's, but, it's awesome yeah so I'm I'm kind of still middling but better than last week so remind me what, so, what did you give the last one I was very undecided whether I loved it or hated it, so I just decided to go down the middle okay. and give it a 2.5. And you never go down the middle. I never go no. down the middle, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I did enjoy this one more. But again, there were again there were moments I really hated, like when Amy tries to jump the Doctor's bones and the walking in the blind scene. I don't know. Mm. No. So maybe it's slightly better, but not much. So give it maybe a 2.8. All right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All the way through this episode, my mind was screaming a score at me, and I was telling it, mind be quiet, sooner or later this pace has to drop off, there'll be a disappointing ex machina, or hand waving, it will derail things, the Numon would deflate me, and my delight would dissipate, and it carried me along to the end, and I didn't notice until we started reviewing it, <laughs> and so now that score is way out the window, <laughs> and I have to improvise on the fly. I thought it was really good while I watched it, and I thought that Moffat had lots of different ways of scaring you on the go at once and whenever you felt like relaxing just an instant the angels would be flying in a different direction and the, there would be a new threat you were never more than 10 seconds away from a new peril that you had to navigate in this episode and i thought in that way it did it really well it didn't relent it didn't let me breathe and the bishop got a nice send-off and it set up the end of the series or at least it pointed towards the end of the series really well like the date of Amy's wedding is somehow at the crux of our universe as we know it, possibly just dissolving or exploding or something like that. What is happening there? So it, it worked in coherence with itself and the broader arc that Moffat's got going for this series, but then we pissed all over it. And the angels, every, every sort of crack that appeared in their armour last week is is just cuts to their core this week and they are that much less effective and... I'm still going to go higher than 2.8. I did really enjoy it, and i got to give it that. I'm going to give it a 4.0. That's super high. What was your original? Way higher. Really? Way higher. Was it higher than your part one? Yeah. Really? But having Marie, the voice of reason here. So you enjoyed this one better than part one then, in that case? Watching it, yes, but now with a critical eye, <laughs> See, not so it much. Is. I, I think it is a better, which is not often the case. Normally a two-parters start really well and then kind of falter. I think the second part is better. You just didn't have me to point out the flaws last week. Possibly. <laughs> 
But at the same time... I think this, you're onto something there, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This wasn't as massive a drop-off as Silence in the Library, for instance. Were you there for that one? I don't think you were. Because uh, that was one where, Mo- so. you know, that was Moffat Part 2 and the squareness gun came out and then the Doctor just fell through the hatch and then was somehow... just That's... that's a hilarious review, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I suppose it's a bit like the just hang on and they'll fall through the crack here. I can sort of see a parallel there. But to me, this wasn't nearly as big a drop off. So I'm sticking with 4.0. Okay. Right. <sighs> uh, I'm not so sure I would have rated this higher than I did part one before we had this incredibly <laughs> expletive rich conversation about it. But uh, I did certainly like it more before we talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I wasn't anywhere near as critical of it when I watched it on my own. Part of why I'm rating this lower than I'm rating part one, or than I rated part one, is that I'm holding it accountable for things that part one is equally guilty of. Mm. Such as, for example, rewriting the way that the angels work. That's a huge negative, and we probably should have taken it into account <laughs> to a greater extent in, in our part one reviews, Drew. But knowing now, the, thank you, Marie, for opening my eyes to this. That's y- the thing with part twos, though. They have to see the logical inconsistencies that have been introduced through to their conclusion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't ignore this fact now. I have to rate it lower. That being said, for all the details, listen to the full review. But that being said, there are lots of bonuses to this episode as well I, I even though i disagree with what they've done with the angels i quite like the execution of most of this I, I like the acting pretty much throughout maybe the doctor overacted on a couple of occasions with his outbursts certainly didn't like uh, river's giggle acting towards the end but overall yeah nice tight cast because of my the beef that I described before, the whole, we could have had so much more interesting an ending. Mm-hmm. It's the thing, sorry, I, I'm babbling over here. I feel like I'm really rambling. But Doctor Who very rarely, oh God, I've, I'm repeating myself. I've said this <laughs> on so many occasions. But Doctor Who very rarely uses time as a, a plot device. Mm. And they did to a certain degree in part one with the, oh, River leaves a message through time. And in this one, they, they kind of dangle the possibility of, wait, hang on, we're now, even though this is a time and travel show, we so very rarely get to indulge in time as a plot device. But they dangle the possibility of it with time can be rewritten. These people are being t- erased from time, you know. But then we get nothing from it mm. at all. And for that reason, it kind of falls flat. And we do get something from it. We get more problems that aren't answered. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yes, we do. That doesn't help me, though. <laughs> certainly doesn't help the rating either. I'm going to... I give part one a 4.6. I'm giving this a 3.5. Okay. Would either of you care to revisit your reviews from last week, score-wise, or are you sticking with... That, that's... that's uh, no. An incredibly wicked, mean, <laughs> and justifiable <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the 4.4. I'm already beginning to think my 4.0 for this week is shaky, though. <laughs> I mean, thinking back to how River this week is, you know, a much lesser presence than she was even mm, last yeah. week. Yeah. She's shame. barely in it this yeah, week. Yeah, you should never have River barely in an episode. No. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. But it's... it's I, I don't know what I would have done. Unfortunately, for. Marie, our scores are now set in stone. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we have a listen to some uh, listener minis? Yeah, I'm interested to see what other people thought, actually, this week. Listener minis. <laughs> listener minis. 
Okay, so I bet I know who the first one's from. Oh, who's it from? Is it Michael Ridgeway? Ridgeway! Ridgeway! Ridgeway. We've got to get better at that. We've got to get better at that. That's terrible. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Hi, Michael. <laughs> who wants to start making it up to Michael? I can take a crack at it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then crack on. <laughs> All right. Michael says, Grunts versus Angels descends into Attack of the Time Crack. As if fighting angels wasn't horrible enough, now the poor soldiers are being wiped from existence. Crispin and Philip should definitely have chosen the Lava Snake mission. This is one tense, dark episode. I felt for each soldier as they met their demise. Octavian's death is particularly upsetting. I feel like I should take the next paragraph of minor nitpicks okay. and then Marie can come in. <laughs> oh, go for it. Minor nitpicks, Michael continues. Is the crack showing up and defeating the angels a cop-out? Without it, yes. the Doctor and company would have been Angel Pie. The seventh <laughs> Doctor would have found a way to defeat the angels without the crack. Ooh. If all the weeping angels now never existed, why would River receive a Pardon? Yes. Yeah. Great point, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Who would remember what her original mission was and why would she even have embarked on it in the first place? Thank yes! you, Michael! Yes! yes! <laughs> Are all the weeping angels now gone? Assuming future angel appearances take place prior to this story's timeline. These are minor. These are minor. This is a huge, huge beef. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, onto major nitpicks. Ooh. Amy's walk like you can see moment makes the angels look really, really dumb. Yeah. So dumb! <laughs> Surely they aren't that stupid. Also, longest second ever. Boo! Thing, things I learned from this episode. Bullets are less than useless against angels. Next time, bring sledgehammers. Oh my goodness, yes! <laughs> These are freely available implements! <laughs> Okay. Well, just a chisel. Yeah, while an angel is quantum locked, just like go up and like, chisel a dick in its forehead. <laughs> like, you can't do anything about it, angel. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted both you and Michael. Oh, dear. So Michael continues. <laughs> Stripping the cerebral cortex of a victim to make a freaky reanimated puppet is also done in the BAFTA-worthy classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 1988. <laughs> A homage, perhaps? Michael Ooh. is a major B-movie horror buff, <laughs> as really? well as being the world's one of the world's top five Who fans. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Michael. Yeah, well done. well done. Bravo. And he gives this episode 3.7 seconds. Ooh. 3.7? Or minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a very good rating. I, I get the impression that uh, you're a huge fan of the Seventh Doctor, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. Thank you very much. We have one more uh, listener mini. Really? Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this one's from Tracy Fountain. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. <laughs> Who wants to start? I will. So, Tracy goes, Our intrepid heroes make a narrow escape from the angels using gravity, but every bit of the ground they gain is immediately lost as they continue to be in constant peril. This sense of urgency and danger calls to mind the first season of Classic Who, when they were always on the move and no place was safe. Ooh. Ooh. Amy is confused, continues Tracy. Amy is counting. That's weird. Everyone should definitely ignore that for a while. Why is she counting down? And more importantly, is this bothering Drew? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Nicely observed. In fact, I will just go back to my notes, because I found this in my notes way after we st stopped talking about it in the episode. But I said... At the time, Amy says nine. Uh-oh, I know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Tracy continues, or more to the point, Tracy from America's husband continues with trivia. At 12.25, the doctor loses his brown coat to an angel. At 17.45, he has it back for one scene. This is not a goof. Brown coat doctor has travelled from a future episode this season explained below. Oh, I didn't notice this. Did you notice this? No, I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, yeah, maybe we should say that this this whole uh, mini has an extra added secret slash spoilers section, which Marie has advised us not to not to read. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> this is the thing that informed. this is the thing that I was kind of hinting at in the episode, and you all told me to stop talking. So. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would suggest, yeah, just don't read ahead if you haven't watched the whole thing. Yeah, or you, you can still go to whobackwhen.com and, and read the, the spoiler section there if you're thus inclined. But Tracy does go on. Wow, really big bombshell at the end there. Amy is getting married. Or is she? She's certainly throwing herself at Doc with gusto. Rather than reciprocate, as we came to expect with Doc 10, Eleven gets silly and shy. Aww. Is he uninterested? Or is it just dawned on him that the crack in Amy's wall is this season's bad wolf? Mm. Tracy concludes, my final note is regarding the name Who. There are two audience nods. Amy says she's thought about who she wants before basically jumping on the doctor. And there's another nod too, explained below. That is a huge spoiler if you know what you're looking for, but quite subtle otherwise. Uh, and I don't know what that nod is because of the aforementioned reason. <laughs> yeah. And for our purposes, Tracy concludes with a rating of shh. Spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, just like that. Thank you very much, Tracy. People of Earth, you can follow Tracy on Twitter. She is at Yekatnyatnuf. That's Pat and Tracy backwards. Bing bong, Future Ponkin here with another listener mini. This one came in shortly after we recorded this episode, hence I am Future Ponking it. This one comes from Kyle Rath. Hello, Kyle! Kyle says... Holy exploding glowing jizz balls, Batman. <laughs> Following the upside-down cliffhang, the Doctor and Al begin to clamber their way through the wreck of the Byzantium in an attempt to escape the now fully formed angels. Amy has difficulty seeing the forest for the tree bogs, <laughs> while River runs through it. Saucy quips in tow, and we get even more brilliant delivery from Ian Glenn, who outshines the entire cast. For myself, Carl goes on, the bottom kind of falls out of this episode when the gravity of the crashed and stationary ship fails in a convenient hand-wavy way, however. The timey, wimey vacuum-suck system removes any unnecessary supporting cast and unruly complex time-space events in a jiff. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> uh, nice touch with Future Doc popping in to give a reassuring peck on Amy's forehead. He has his jacket on and sleeves pushed up. Ah, uh, see, oh, this is that, this is that weird spoiler-ish comment. I, I yeah, okay. I have since sort of heard what this is. So, so yeah, I, I get it. I will say kudos to everyone who observed this. I did not. So, yeah, well done, Carl. But unfortunately, I can't provide any more insight into this. Carl goes on in bullet point form. Points to pond. Uh, <laughs> bullet point one. Nice of the angels to close the hatch behind them. Subtle countdown is subtle. Rock slash people slash fishes. Rock beats people. <laughs> fishes beat rock. <laughs> That's awesome. We have no need of comfy chairs, but we need oxygen, apparently. <laughs> yeah, wait, good point. Wait, why do they breathe oxygen? Oh, weird. All right. 
something always in the corner of your eye. This time it's sand. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. Oh, 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 prequel flashbacks. Next bullet point. The secondary flight deck is cracked. The pond's eyes will open. Gravity fails. Wait, I don't get that one. Okay. <laughs> Amy's reaction at the end does not make her a slut, slag, or anything less than a human trying to process a traumatic experience. End of. Okay. Wait, hang on. I'll get back to this in a second. <laughs> 3.7 out of 5, says Kyle, for a bit of hand-waving and use of the Ooh, I've tripped and dropped the thing. Zap! Saved at the last minute. Rope. Nice one, Kyle. Very nice. Just returning super-duper quickly to that last bullet point. Just to clarify, I, 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 I don't think any of us felt that she was a, quote, slums or slag, uh, or in fact anything less than human. However, how sure are we that this is her trying to, as you say, process a traumatic experience? I mean, it's a valid assumption, it's a fair hypothesis, but I definitely took this, I mean, my assumption at the time, and probably still, I admit, is that she's simply incredibly taken by this one character that she's spent her entire life up to this point, pretty much, idolizing and slowly but surely in her own fantasy falling in love with, you know, like she she is incredibly taken by the Doctor, and the fact that he suddenly turns out to be real and not just an imaginary pal from her childhood, that that's, I think, why she throws herself at him. I think it's just like, holy smokes, you are so much better than the real person that I spent real time in the real world getting to know and date and, and getting engaged with and now about to marry. You're so much better than that because... You are, you supersede this and you do stuff that, you know, regular people, regular, we regular mortals can only dream of and can't quite fathom, really. So I think that's what it is. I don't think this is PTSD. I think this is love and horniness brought on by a, a lifetime of repressed <laughs> imagination. Oh, what am I trying to say? I, I don't know. You, you get what I'm trying to say anyway. Uh, dude. I'm going to bing bong back to the show now. Uh, thank you very much for sending this in. Ladies and gents, you can follow Kyle on Twitter. He is at Sinister Super Spy. That's super without any vowels. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Bing bong. Do you know what? I've thought of one more thing. Oh. I at the time. Mm. The doctor says all the angels all together would be as exactly as complicated as I am. So Moffat has constructed a very neat equation, right? Either the Doctor could fall into the crack, or the angels could fall into the crack. So it's very satisfying when they fall into the crack. But there is an army of angels. There is a mortarium full of angels. We see about ten flop into the crack. Mm. At ah. the end, there should be as many angels flying into that crack as there are Daleks flying into Canary Wharf at the end of Series 2. It should be an unthinkable number, and it is extremely underwhelming. Hang on, that leads me to ask another question. Are there any angels, you know, outside of the room? Are there any angels left? That didn't fall into the crack? Yeah, that well, they just completely ignore in this episode. There should be, yeah, because like Drew said, there were hundreds of them, and we didn't see them go into the crack. So I sort of assumed that they had all fallen there. there. But but you're, I I think that's probably the case. Yeah, like oh, most of the angels okay. went off to the the doctor. But Which then solves yeah. the the angels fell into the crack. We don't remember them. We shouldn't be here. Blah blah blah. Because there are still angels there. So everything everything's fine. Everything's, everything's great. Fine. There are ninety angels instead, and that's a perfectly manageable number. Exactly. But then that doesn't explain how they just wandered out of there. They just saunter out of the spaceship because now there are no more angels. 
Well, there are no angels in the near vicinity, and they had time enough to get out another way. Yeah, and saw some sledgehammers from the local being killed. <laughs> oh, really? And the church is now going to go, well, mission accomplished. I mean, no, mission not accomplished at all, but mission ignored. We're going to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, are, are they now not just going to have to stage yet another, like a follow-up mission, because there's not just one angel that they're going after, they're going after hundreds of angels that are left in the whatever. Mm. Yeah, who are now full of juicy ship warp drive, burn drive Exactly. No, regardless, something is being omitted from Mm. the storyline. Is it, does it make you more or less angry? Oh, more. <laughs> oh, I am, I am furious. I think they intended for every angel to fall into the crack. And they just fucked it up. Yeah. They just mm. skimped on the CGI. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because they splooged it on an angel turning its head, which it didn't need to do. <laughs> that wasn't CGI, by the way. Uh-huh. It's not CGI? Uh, it's not CGI. I actually just uh, glanced at the IMDb trivia page because I thought that's where I read this, but apparently it wasn't. I don't know where I did read this. They didn't CGI most of the angels. They are actual people, like actors, with tons and tons of makeup on them. And uh, apparently they were... This is what I remember reading. They were a nightmare to, to work with because it would take hours to apply this makeup and difficult to breathe in and they would have to stand still and imagine shooting all these scenes with lots and lots of people in, like you know, dressed up as statues and having to, quote-unquote, mm. act as them. So that's not CGI. That's just someone wearing... A mask. Standing incredibly still. Yeah, until they don't. But like yeah. that scene of yeah. it moving, yeah. the only really... I mean, okay, I'm sure the makeup costs a bunch of money, but really the only post-production bit there is, let's add the sound effect of gravel or, you know, granite against granite. That's very cool. If they they should have just not done the sound effect and then it would have worked better. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hang on. That leads me to one point in my notes that, that I didn't address. In my notes. In my notes. It's in my notes. In my notes. Sound editing. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the the foley work in this one because and it, this actually also applies to part one, but we didn't talk about it there either. They add sound to lots of stuff that doesn't have any sounds, such as, for example, the lights. So when you have every single time that they like pan a flashlight across the screen, you're like, it's like a whip pan. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. That takes me out of it. That makes me think oh you had an intern who added sound effects to this thing <laughs> this is clearly a tv show and they maybe that's the idea with the angel noises as well that you see them moving but in fact they're not making any noise at all it's yeah. just there for our benefit as as viewers slash listeners of the tv show mm. yeah surely if angels are so highly evolved to be the most deadly beings in the universe then they will have evolved to a point where they can move their neck without it sounding like a rock slide. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> I think that's pretty much it for this week. Yes. So what do we owe next week's pleasure? Next week, we will be... Oh, wow. So hang on. In what order is this dropping? We've got... Next, we're going to have a classic episode. We will watch and record and review and hopefully drop... A review of um, The Three Doctors. (gasps) Oh, wow! The 10-year anniversary! Of Classic Who. Of Doctor Who. I mean, that's great. Also, that's that's the first of many anniversary specials. And the first time that we get multiple Doctors in one of the same. I'm really, really looking forward to it. That's going to be super duper cool. After that, we have a new review, namely... Vampires in Venice. Ooh. Ooh! Oh, how excited were you when you got to see Venice? More excited to see the Rawmeister. <laughs> oh, the real Rawmeister. The real Rawmeister. Yeah, the real Rawmeister. 
<laughs> Wait, he's the real one? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. And it's number 66. <gasps> Amazing! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. And there's vampires. Oh. Yeah. As I, re- I think I remember what they... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Mm. I think I remember. Spoilers. I think I remember a little <laughs> bit more of this. Okie dokie. In the meantime, you're still not on Twitter, Marie. No. But people can get in touch with you. The the mailbag app roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Email whobackwhen at gmail.com. We shall pass along your missives. Uh, I'm still on the Tweety Blokes. <laughs> the Tweety Blokes? Yeah. The Tweety Blokes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I'm a bloke on the, who's Tweety. I'm a Drew Back When. Excellent branding. And I am Ad Ponkin. You know how to spell that. Uh, <gasps> Fun fact. Oh. My dad doesn't know how to spell that. He oh. thought your name was Pumpkin. Oh, that's that's, that's very sweet of him. Yeah. Uh, hello, Marie's dad. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to high five me online, you can. I am at Pumpkin. That's spelled P O N K E N. And now you know how to spell that. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, Marie's dad. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Rock on and be excellent to Marie's mum. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. You've been a wonderful audience. Until the next time. Ciao. Bye bye. Toodles. Kablamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Then find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who Review, New Who Review, or <laughs> still funny, Audio Who Review. Cha ciao. Who Back When. <laughs>